0: Let us pray. God, again, we thank you for this opportunity to gather here and worship you this Christmas Eve evening. As we come together to think about the coming of your savior into the world to celebrate, to embrace Emmanuel, God with us. And Lord, in the midst of all that comes with this season, may we be open to what you have for us this year this Christmas God as we continue in this evening of worshiping you may you speak into our hearts and minds that which we need to hear and may my words be yours in jesus name amen Amen. well we're gathered here this christmas eve of course to celebrate and think about and remember of course the coming of jesus our savior god's son into the world It's important that we have this season. It's important that we have this evening as we come to the morning because it's really easy to, of course, as I said, in the children's time to lose sight of what Christmas is all about. And so we gather to celebrate, to contemplate, to hear the story that has become so familiar to us once again. And whether you come tonight feeling at peace and rest or whether you come thinking about the many things that yet still need to happen before morning comes, or whether you come frazzled or unsure of what day it really is, I hope you come ready to encounter the Savior, because that's why we're here. That's what Christmas is all about. You see, for me, Christmas has always been something very special. It's been an important holiday in my family life growing up. Even before I became a Christian, before I was involved in the church, Christmas was of great meaning and great importance to me. Even though for a period of time in my life growing up, I didn't really know what Christmas was all about. And as I think back to many Christmas memories, things that I've experienced, Great joys, funny moments, time with family. There are very few bad memories of Christmas. And that's one of the great news pieces of Christmas, that that, if we think and reflect, we probably recognize that that's true for us as well. There are very few bad memories for me. But one that sticks out in my mind was one particular Christmas, the Christmas of 1987. It was a really tough Christmas. I still remember it for three reasons. You see, I grew up in Syracuse, New York, kind of in the Finger Lakes region, and it was one of only two green Christmases in my whole childhood growing up. You see, there's a lot of the white stuff there. And so I like snow, actually, and so I I was kind of grumpy. I started the day off grumpy because there was no snow for my Christmas. To add to this complication, I had somehow overnight become really sick. I don't know if it was a stomach bug or a flu, but I still remember to this day that it is one of those times where I felt the absolute worst. That's a tough day to be sick, Christmas. And I was really not feeling well. I had a fever. I didn't want to eat anything. A tough day to not be able to eat anything as well. (laughs) And so for that reason, it was awful but there was some hope you see because our tradition was that the first thing we would do is get up and have our christmas morning as a family and then we would proceed to my grandma's house my grandma and grandpa's house on my mother's side they lived just one street over and so we would have christmas there with the family and the cousins we'd have breakfast my grandfather very german came over Uh, On the boat as a kid, so breakfast always consisted of like pigs in a blanket and sour brat, not really breakfast food, (laughs) not really kid breakfast food either, but I was sick, so it was okay. And so, you know, then after that, you know, we'd be there till lunchtime and go and take a breather at home before we'd head over just the next town over to my father's parents' house where we'd gather with that family for Christmas and Christmas dinner together. And this was my ritual for many, many years. It's what I always knew. And and both sides of those family, there were a lot of us. On my mom's side, there were, she had three sisters, so there were four of them. There were six, seven, eight of us cousins. On my dad's side, there were, my grandma and grandpa had six children, God bless them. And so there were like, I don't know how many of us cousins, 18, 20, I forget. I, I can't even keep track now. And so, you know, Christmas is not cheap season of the year, and so we had this tradition where for the cousins and even the aunts and the uncles, you would draw names every year. So then you didn't have to worry about gifts for all the cousins and aunts and uncles and nieces and nephews. It was just the one. Now, I was excited this year. My ray of hope was it on my mom's side of the family, my older cousin, I was the second oldest, my older cousin had drew my name. And he was notorious because he was so cool of forgiving the best gifts. And so I was excited that I had great hope on this snowless, awful Christmas morning where I felt terrible that the great thing was going to come when I got to my grandmother's house. And so I get there, and I sit up for this moment that I've been expecting and waiting, and I open the gift. It was not exciting. I first opened the wrapping, and there was this tin, and I'm like, there must be great things in this tin. And I open the tin, and what's in there are a bunch of pencils. Are you kidding me? Pencils? Seriously? I was furious. They weren't even sharpened. This great cousin of mine, who was supposed to be the good gifter, who's supposed to save my Christmas, gave me pencils. It was awful. Worst Christmas ever. But you know, probably in that moment, and certainly even as I retell the story, I probably lost sight of what Christmas was all about. And you know, that's easy. That's easy for me. That's easy for all of us. Because Christmas over the years, I think, in the midst of all that comes with it, has lost its meaning in some ways we all struggle with it there is so much stuff that comes with christmas there are the christmas cards and the presents and the shopping and the traffic and the waiting and the baking and the parties and the decorating and the wrapping and all those things and a lot of those things are good things i mean who doesn't like like eating baking right and i mean decorating i think decorating is pretty exciting there are all sorts of great things that come with Christmas. But in the midst of these great things, the meaning can be lost. We can forget what Christmas is all about. Christmas has gotten kind of complicated. It's actually gotten pretty complicated, if we think about it. But you know, when we go back to this first Christmas, this Christmas that we gather here to celebrate, to be reminded of, it was anything but complicated. In one of the simplest moments in human history, in one of the simplest, purest, most powerful, most significant moments in all the scripture, in the history of the world, in the history of humanity, we have this first simple Christmas. Humble, a little out of the ordinary, this child born to a virgin in this little town in a manger. And somehow, We've lost sight of this. But this moment, this Christmas moment, well over 2,000 years ago, this Christmas moment changed the world. It changed us. It changed the shape of history. It changed the nature of human relationships. Because of this moment, we can know God. Because of this moment, we can be saved from our sins. Because of this moment, We have the opportunity to experience abundant life, to love and to live, to be in relationship, to express and experience grace. All because of this moment. We have a new vision for the kingdom, a new vision of the way that the world can be. But in the midst of everything else, perhaps even the things on our to-do list yet before Christmas morning. Christmas can be lost. You see, I think we have what I would call a familiarity problem. We've heard the Christmas story, we've heard the scripture reading, we've seen it, we've read it, we've watched it, we've thought about it over and over again. Some of us, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of times in our lives. And perhaps for some of us, it's become so familiar that we've lost sight of its meaning, we lost sight of its power, we've lost sight of its significance, of what it really means that the God of the universe who created everything would send his one and only son to be on this earth, to walk this earth, to experience the things that we experience, to show us the way to life to suffer and to die so that we would be right with God and so that we can be right with one another and with the world. We're too familiar with the story. It's very easy to underestimate the significance of the God of the universe coming into the world. The power of that that we as Christians can claim that great story. What it really means that God would come to us. That God could have done all that needed to be done perhaps without coming to us, yet God chose to come to us in this unique, controversial, humble, simple, and yet powerful way. Now I can tell you right now I remember the moment of both of my children, Micah and Abby, both of their births, like it was yesterday. That I can close my eyes right now, and I can picture each of those days, each of those moments, that they're etched in my memory, they're etched in my life forever. Those of you who have gone through this know this experience. They are moments I will never forget. Jessica even more so. Moments I will never forget as long as I live. But you know what, to be honest with you, we all have a story about our kids being born, but it was pretty ordinary. Just another ordinary day, both of them, in a hospital, not exactly, you know, five-star rated accommodations, not exactly great comfort, great food, not where you would go on vacation. Just another day for the doctors and the nurses and the hospital in all the country and the state and the world, babies being born, pretty simple, pretty ordinary, really not that significant. We understand the science of this all. And so, you know, maybe not necessarily a big deal. But again, those of you who have gone through this moment know that that's not the case. That as much as we can understand about the science and as ordinary as the moment might be in the larger scheme of things, there's something miraculous about it that you cannot deny. That people long said to me before I had children that you don't really understand the unconditional love of God until you have a child of your own. And boy, were they right. And that's the miracle, that somehow in the midst of all the science, in the midst of everything we know about children coming into the world, it's a miracle. It's simply a miracle. It changed my life, how I view God, how I view myself, how I view marriage, parenting. It continues to change my life even if I don't want it to. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And in this moment, imagine for Mary and Joseph the simple nature of the thing, but the great power in it, the miracle in it. The burden of parenting is certainly a heavy one. Imagine for them, their circumstances, their story, the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, Emmanuel, God with us. Imagine. Maybe this Christmas thing isn't something that should be so familiar. Maybe there's more to this story that we have lost in the past. I don't think there's anything more powerful in all the world than knowing that God is with us. And each and every moment. That God came to earth here. Have you seen the place? And where he came and how he came in that experience. All for us, all out of love. I wanna have you look at the scripture reading here and I wanna point out a couple verses to you in your insert. You know, I talked about the problem of familiarity and so I've read this story a couple times myself. And I noticed some things this time around. Verse 16, this is the shepherds. After they see this great experience, after the angel appears to them, it says, they hurried off to find the baby. Now, there's a lot of hurry with Christmas, isn't there? How often do we hurry to God, though? You see, they could not wait They could not pause. They could not even take time to contemplate. It says they hurried to meet this Christ. That perhaps in the midst of all the other hurry of Christmas, we could embrace a different kind of hurry. Hurrying ourselves to meet God. Hurrying ourselves to this Jesus who has come to be with us. It goes on, verse 17, the next step for them. When they had seen them, they spread the word what had been told to them. That for them, this was not only a response of excitement. The angel appeared. They saw this baby just as it was told. This is certainly not your everyday moment for people who are usually taking care of sheep. But they had such great joy that they could not contain it. And so oftentimes in the midst of everything else that comes with Christmas, even the good things, we lose sight of our joy. We lose sight of the joy that is to come with this Christmas day. We lose sight of the great joy that comes in knowing that God came to the earth to be with us. That we need to become more familiar with joy and it goes on to say verse 18 and everyone who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to him you see that's the problem again familiarity we we see this as the story that we know the story that we've always heard it it almost becomes to feel ordinary to us even though there's nothing ordinary about it they were amazed That, perhaps, might be the best posture we could take this Christmas Eve. That might be the best posture we could take in this season, is one of amazement. That God came to earth, that God is with us. We've let that cease to be amazing to us. And perhaps that's the biggest way that we've lost... Christmas that we've got to redeem the familiar. You see, God is with us. I'm going to say that a lot. God is with us. We forget that. God is with us. God came to us. God came to me. God comes to us. God comes to you. Is there better news? It's not something that we should experience with fear. As the angel said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news, great joy. That's the real Christmas story. Even as we come to the table for communion tonight, it's familiar to many of us. It becomes kind of a a ritual, a habit. We forget what this really means, that God's son came to the earth. Gave us this practice so that we would what? Remember. Remember the story. Remember what God has done for us. Remember who we are. Remember whose we are. That as we come to the table, we can remember what Christmas means. And then in verse 19, and this is the one I never really caught before. And I was talking with some other colleagues about this, and we all had the same experience. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. You see, this was more than just a a proud mother moment, more than just a, a, wow, this is really interesting circumstances and We've got this baby being mourned in a manger and wait a minute, it's the Son of God and there's all these people coming and there's this light. It's more than that. All these things that Mary was experiencing, the things that people were saying about Jesus, the things that she heard from the angels about Jesus, she took those things. She treasured them. Not just like a nice memory book or a nice note that you remember about your kids when you're really mad at them and you want to murder them but really treasured them. They changed her. It says that she pondered these in her heart. You see, Mary was the first to really experience Christmas. And Mary got it right. Because Christmas changed her. She treasured what was happening. She took it inside of her heart and allowed it to change her, allowed it to transform her. You see, I think we've lost that power, that transformation in Christmas in the midst of all great things, many of which I obsess over personally. We forget about the great news, the great joy that God came to earth. Emmanuel, God is with us. God is for us. God loves us. God offers us grace and is with us in each and every moment of our lives. It's time to reclaim Christmas because there's no greater truth and no greater story. That when we read this story, we shouldn't just see it as Christmas again, but we should have a posture of joy to be thankful that it's familiar, but to get rid of the familiarity that makes it less meaningful and once again be amazed that the God of the universe came to earth to walk with us to be one of us to show us life and to save us Christmas should change us should transform us over and over again and we don't have to do that alone because Emmanuel, God is with us. Let us pray. God, we thank you for the chance to remember the story, to be reminded of the power of the coming of your Son into the world. Lord, help this not to be another holiday, another Christmas Eve service, another Christmas past, but, Lord, an opportunity for transformation as we recognize in the midst of this familiar story the great power, the great transforming power, the miraculous beauty that you came to be with us and to give us life. It's in your son Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Please-